welcome to Climbing Consulting. Today's episode is something slightly different to the usual interviews and solo advice episodes that I sometimes do. Regular listeners will know that I ask almost all of my guests the same questions to finish their interview. And one of those is their advice for people like you. And that could be people like you who are just starting your career in consulting. It could be those of you who are four to five years in and uh, in the middle of your career. Or it could be those of you who are approaching partner or that point in your career where either you're looking to take an equity stake in a business or looking at going out and doing your own venture. Maybe it's in consulting, maybe it's in something else. My guests have shared some fantastic advice on this specific topic, some great insights, some great different perspectives, and just a lot that you can take away. So I thought, what could be better than actually putting all of this together? So today's episode is just that. It's all of the guests who I've asked that question to. It's their answers. It's what advice they would give to those starting their career, those four to five years in, and those just approaching partner. It's worth saying that to avoid you having to hear my voice multiple times throughout this episode, I have not introduced any of the guests. What I've done, for those of you who are maybe less familiar with some of them and want to just check back to see who you're listening to, if you go to the show notes that accompany this podcast on your phone, you will see timestamps with each of the people who is speaking and their advice. So if you're halfway through and you've just listened to some great advice that's really resonated with you, and you want to check who said that, if you flick to the show notes in your podcast app, you'll be able to see exactly who it was. And I'd highly recommend going back if there's someone in here who really triggers something with you and you think, yeah, that's some great advice. I'd highly recommend going back and listening to the full interview as you'll hear in a number of these pieces. The guests reference things that we discussed prior in the interview and we've gone into depth in. And so if there's something that you really want to find out more about, go back, check out the interview. So I really hope you enjoy this, a slightly different format. I think there's a huge amount of value from all of the advice my guests share, and I'm really pleased to be able to pack it all into this show. So without further ado, please enjoy my guests' career advice for you. Uh, I think we talked about maybe the, the individual at the early stages of their career, but you know, I think it's that, it's that notion of patience over, over rapid progress um and say yes to everything take it as it comes you know you don't know what the opportunities are until, until you're in them just just be comfortable as long as you're learning be comfortable with with the, the the pace of progress of your of your career of course be ambitious but yeah you don't know all the answers don't get swept up in the the race up the pyramid that, that so many do take the benefit of the diversity of experience that you'll get in this sector that you know genuinely you'll, you'll get in few others yeah you know and, and i think that learning mentality and and ability to reflect on that longer arc of your career progression the the earlier you can take that perspective uh, the more successful you'll be if i'm speaking to someone who's four or five years in they've been a consultant for that length of time that's a really interesting point because you're really looking to make a, a choice at that at that moment and i think you're you're really choosing whether you're committing to this path in a in a in a big firm for all that, that means you've you've already cut your teeth got great experience under your belt or is that the time to to go into a line role and really deepen that expertise and and broaden it in in new areas because there's ex 
it's really crucial experience you don't get in working working as a consultant or is that the time to you know to really specialize and move into an environment more like in gate one where you know you'll be perhaps a bigger fish in a smaller pond but you'll be really liberated to really create something perhaps in a way that you wouldn't be given the, the mandate to do if you were to, to stay where you are for the, for the next phase of your career so really make that choice deliberately you know and don't again don't just do it because yeah and i guess the partner one the prospective partner one is the most interesting of all because what i often see in individuals who get to that stage of their career is they've especially if they've been in a big firm they've invested so much of their life and their soul and and made so many sacrifices to get to the cusp of that point they almost feel the only way to make all of that worth it is by following through and kind of committing to that to that partner journey my counsel would be you know almost like betting in poker that those chips are already down yeah so you've got to evaluate that decision on its own merits and and how much do you really 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 want to be a partner in a big firm regardless of what's gone before um and so i almost think strip away that sunk cost bias of exactly that and i think you know that that clouds judgment you know in my opinion to, to to a very large degree and often individuals look at jumping off at that point through the lens of what am i giving up because i've come this far and it's within reach that i can you know i can ha- have all of the riches of a, of a partnership and and do all the things i've wanted to do when i've looked at that, the partner group and and not focus on the opportunity that's out there and actually trading tremendous experience those that those individuals have and and doing something different at that point can be the most exciting choice of all so don't make that a resigned choice not to Mm. and i think i guess then going full circle on the the advice to certainly the individuals four or five years in or even someone starting at the beginning it's definitely a question in the context of working in a big firm you should ask yourself as early as possible which is how much do i really want to be a partner because so much of the business model of those firms is, is geared around that objective. If that's not what you want, then take the experience of, of those environments for what it is and then get different additive experience you know, elsewhere. And there's never been a more exciting time to, to make different choices than, than just staying in one, in one place. Besides which, when when often when even if they are successful getting to a partnership at, at that point, you you find you just start at the bottom of the next ladder, and well, what do you know? It wasn't what it was cracked up to be in in the first place, and or either that, or I'm so bruised by the process of getting here, I'm now not sure I want it anymore, and I'm not I'm not as motivated as I thought I would be. So often, even after all of that sacrifice, you know, it it, it often doesn't feel worth it. So. Deliberate choices, I guess, will be my main message at, yeah. at, at every stage. Don't you know? Don't just get swept along or feel like you need to climb the ladder just because everyone else. Is. Let's start at the entry level. I think the first thing is choose the firm that you think would suit you the best. I think a lot of times people take the job that they get offered. So try your hardest to get get into a position where you're in the place that you think would suit you the best and. My advice is be selfish with knowledge and experience. So by that, I mean, just take in as much as you can. Mm. You know, you've obviously got a very good academic qualification. You've done all the book reading. You've done all that stuff. Now it's the time for getting experience. It's mm. trying to learn where to hammer. 
And you will only get that by trial and error and watching and learning and participating. If you're sitting on the bench to carry on with our analogy, watch how the game's played. If you're on the field, obviously try your hardest and take the feedback you get from the positional play you, you, you take on. But be a, a selfish sponge, right? Suck up as much as you can from the people around you and be humble enough to recognize that while someone may not be as intelligent as you, they may be smarter than you in the context of what you're trying to do. And don't have any arrogance. Have the humility and just embrace it because I think most consulting firms out there have hugely talented people in them. You will learn a lot by choosing the career that's a consulting career. I mean, it is something that you get... You, know, you get a lot of really, really good experience. So you know, make the most of it. I think for someone sort of four or five years in, even before four to five years in, I think the more the earlier you can recognize in your career the, the value, the conversation we had earlier about, the value of your network. As a first-year analyst, if you walk into a client, that's the first opportunity for you to build a network. You know, I've got uh, a young analyst here who's formed such a strong relationship with one of our clients. You know, That relationship will stand them in good stead for mm. the rest of their career. So I think if you haven't started doing it by four to five years in, you're a little bit behind. You, I yeah. think you should start thinking, how can I build my network? Even if consulting is not my career, you know, that doesn't matter. That network that you build, those clients that you meet, those projects you go on with your colleagues, because they will go on and do different jobs and different experiences. And they may be in positions where you might need to get involved. And these things are hugely valuable to you. So Make a concerted effort to really extend your network and, and make your network um, as powerful as it can be. I think if you're on the cusp of partner or you're shooting at that now, I mean, it's a, it's not a job title, okay? You have to recognize it's not a job title. Probably all the way through to, say, senior manager, director, principal, whatever it's called in whatever firm, those are all like promotions. I say to the people that I'm looking at for partner, I'm not promoting you. This isn't a promotion. This is me asking you to go into business with me. Okay. So you have to think about that step as a business person. I'm asking you to share risks and rewards of building a business together. That's what I'm asking you. I'm not giving you a title. I call yourself whatever you like, but I'm actually asking you, to, you've got the keys to my house. And if you make bad decisions in the marketplace, that affects me. You know, so when you on that cusp of making partner, don't think about it as it's the next rung on the ladder. It's just not that. It, it, if you can wire your brain to think of it as I'm going into business with the other partners, and that's a real, really important point. You need to look at those people yeah. and say, do I want to be in business with these people? Because that's what you are, right? And too often, I think people see it as a next rung on the ladder. And look, a lot of people have a lot of successful careers that way, but I'm talking to the people that I think would make partner in my firm. I'm looking for, for people who are genuinely authentic business leaders who want to be in business with me, and I want to be in business with them. So it's a two-way decision. It's not a one-way decision. Yeah. You know? and, and that requires us both to want to do it, which means you've got to like the rest of my partners, I've got to like you. So it goes beyond just the economics of it. It goes into... You and I have just met, but you know, if we decided we wanted to go into business together on a project, it goes further than just the idea. Yeah, right? oh, yeah, it does the whole relationship side exactly. Exactly. So it's crucial, I think, if you're on the way to partnership, make sure you like the partners you're going into business with, because it's just not a fly by night thing. It's a it's a genuine commitment to do to mm. be in business together.
I think the overall one I would do is don't leave tomorrow what you could do today in general. I think we're very good at kind of going, when I'm ready, I will do this. Mm. You've probably just got to tip yourself a bit more than that. But I think at the beginning, I think, you know, I think it was what we talked about earlier on. If you, if you want to, at the beginning of your career, try and understand as much as you can about all aspects of the job. Do the stuff you like, do the stuff you don't like. Um, just learn things and learn what's great and what's not. And I would say that about people, about leadership, about the business itself. I think that bit in the middle is absolutely where being fearless is a good thing to do. Because actually, what's the worst that can happen? It goes wrong. It doesn't really matter. Really doesn't matter. It feels like it does massively at the time, but it doesn't. The thinking about it's always worse. So just do try some stuff because, you know, if you fail, you can sit and have a gin tonic at the end of the day and it doesn't matter. And I think then at partner level, that is about thinking about what makes you the leader that you want to be. And I, and I think, you know, it's something I never really thought about it sort of evolved and there's an amazing man called Ronan Dunn who used to run Telefonica and he would talk about being chief cheerleader and chief storyteller as a chief exec and thinking about what his purpose was his personal purpose as well as the business purpose and I think it was when I met him that I began to think about that myself um, and I think as a you know at a partner level Absolutely work out what you're brilliant at in your job, but work out what else you want to do with your life, what else you can do to influence other people's lives, to influence the life around your business. Because I think that's the bit that, that genuinely, for me, has, has given me a lot of joy. Stop, stop Sharon. She's itching to answer. <laughs> so I'll start, I'll start with somebody that's at the kind of the partner level or, or kind of looking to get into the kind of partner level. I think that uh, it's really important, um, you know, as you step into that role, you know, here at Q5, we will always be asking you to think about the team, but you're only going to be successful as a partner if you can build and nurture and sustain those teams around you because it isn't all about you. So kind of if you haven't clocked that, you're better as, as you step into the, to the, partner, the partner level. For the early joiner... For me, I'd go back to something that I talked about earlier, which was kind of try and kind of enjoy the projects that you're on. Don't, don't kind of, you know, strive too hard for those kind of what's my, you know, my next promotion. You know, just really spend time learning from those people around you and kind of making the most of the projects. So, so I, think, I think I already said that earlier. And then a mid-career consultant. That one's, that one's the harder one for me. Well, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one because you could almost reverse. So for someone joining, someone starting at the very beginning of their consulting career, um, I look back at some of the things that we, we did back in the, in the early to mid-90s. And we were, you know, we were kind of allocated to industry mm. sectors almost at the age of 22, yeah. 23. And before you knew it, you might have spent Too five early. years yes. in financial services working mm. in ca capital markets and think, well, I have no other mm. experience. So my advice to people starting out, it doesn't matter what, consulting company that they're joining is try and get as many flavors of different yes. industry sectors as you can because you are you know you're you're a blank canvas mm. when you start as a consultant and try and experience working in the public sector have a have a, yes. have a go in the retail yes. sector go and work for an infrastructure company see which one suits your personality see what you know see which one suits your motivational needs uh, and funnily enough if you've been working for a number of years 
I think you then need to say, what are the what two or three you love mm -hmm. best? Where do you find the, the, the passion? What industry matters to you? On a personal level, um, I first started work in the media and entertainment sector when I was about 32, probably 32, 33. I'd never worked. I'd spent 10 years working. And I suddenly discovered a sector I loved. Probably because I'm from a very sort of arty-farty creative background. You know, I've talked about the English literature. But I was it, it suddenly discovered there was an industry sector full of people who loved talking about news, loved talking about current affairs, were passionate about that world, which I didn't get when I worked in financial services. And I didn't see in some of the other mm. sectors that I worked in. So for me, I kind of came into the environment you know, 10, 11, 12 years in. So I would say to someone at that stage in their career, start specialising in the ones you love best because you will mm, succeed. You will soar with your you strengths, with as your we strengths. said throughout. And yeah. then at the partner level, it's it's almost like starting again. It's You, you become a partner. Mm. We are within our own firm, and I'm sure this is the case in all other firms. We have so much respect. If you're 22 and 23 and you're joining our firm, uh, we, we really do want to act as that that avuncular kind compassionate colleague that is helping to mentor yes. you and helping you to, to to flourish when you get into the partner ranks it is much more not aggressive but it's much more you know if you don't agree with something you say I, I totally disagree with you you know it's much more um Hard-edged. It's hard-edged. It's definitely more hard-edged because but it has to be, the success yeah. or failure of the business is down to some of the decisions that you're making. So sometimes you might have a relationship with someone that's 12 years long coming up through the ranks where you've been, you know, you've been on a very emotionally even keel with them. You say, look, brace yourself mm -hmm. because the the world you're about to enter is is a much more passionate one at times. You know, some, you know, it really is certainly in my experience of not only working at Q5, but in other firms, when you get into more senior positions, you can have, you can have mm. some in extraordinarily expressive mm -hmm. uh, and moments. passionate moments. Mm. Mm. And you have to be prepared for that um, and know how to deal with that. So new joiner, I'd say, if I'm being really honest, you know, maybe you should go and do something else before you get into consulting and have a bit of a backstory. Think about it at least because, you know, Struve, I kind of, I'm glad I did something completely different in my 20s. You know, I think it's almost a bit sad to lock down into corporate life too early. But, you know, I, 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 no, that's a glib answer. I think, you you uh, probably got, have more stories from yeah, uh, your time. Yeah, than, no, yeah, that's a glib answer. But I think, um, you know, probably not to be taken too seriously. But uh, if you're setting out, frankly, um, back to that team question, really, just, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Kind of massive growth mindset on, you know, keep a smile on your face and, uh um, you know, don't, 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 don't be afraid to sort of um, chivvy seniors in the firm and, and sort of make it known that, you know, you've got ambition and you want to sort of, uh, you know, you want to sort of understand what they're doing at their level. Don't, you know, don't feel you sort of, don't box yourself down too early. But yeah, frankly, don't take too, life too seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, four or five years in, um, yeah, I would say, you know, maybe you are sort of starting to think about is this me for a full career in this organization? Or maybe, you know, do I have an entrepreneurial itch? Um, you know, I'd just say, you know, look out, look, uh, look, look, read, you know, listen to Nick's blogs down the line and, um, you know, just kind of frame some of those bigger questions because they're going to start coming up on your career, aren't they? And then if you're at a point of taking equity in a business, I guess you're at a real fork in the road. It's either, you know, you're going to do that or you're going to, 
set off and do it yourself. So, you know, be really clear if you if you're going off on the um, on the internal journey, you you you're aligned to the values of that organisation, and you're going to enjoy it. You know, mm. frankly, it's back to the, some of those broader points. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, come on my retreat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start, I guess I'll, I'll give you the the slightly slightly. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the one answer I'd probably say to all of them, which is that enjoy it. I mean, consulting is an amazing it's an amazing thing to do. To be honest, it's, it's an amazing privilege to have clients welcome you into their environment and take the time to help you understand what they're trying to do and what they're trying to go through and and how you might be able to help them. It's amazing to work. You know, the, the consulting does. Yeah, it's certainly my experience. It attracts some amazing people to work with. So it is a it is a, it is a terrific career to have. Consulting can though, and I know Adrian touched on this too. Consulting can become all consuming. If you let it mm-hmm. become all consuming, it does become all consuming. And I know periods of my life when it was all consuming, when I, when everything else sort of dropped away, and um, and and you have to you have to you know just never lose sight of the fact that it is ultimately just a job. You know, it's kind of you know you're. You do need to exercise. You need to have the right relationships at home. You need to create, you have a social side. You need to learn about topics outside of work. I love the, the, the idea of kind of pick a hobby and learn new hobbies. I think all that stuff is super, super important. And you, you know, to you know, love it, love the diversity of it. I always think it's a bit of a shame when consultants end up going somewhere where they've ended up at one client for six, seven, eight years. And you think, you know, you know actually, mm-hmm. one of the great benefits of consulting is that you get to bounce around a little bit. You know, you get to experience different models and different environments and uh, so i you know, I'd, I'd definitely kind of encourage people to make sure they get some diversity of experience in that from from consulting but it's a it's a wonderful career path it's a you know uh, I'm, I'm i feel very lucky to have landed into it because of a partner who called mm-hmm. me at 7 30 at night the night before my decision and uh it's been it was a it was a wonderful place to be so i think for someone starting their career which i've probably mentioned already but uh, it's really you know go go in there and just as be a sponge learn as much mm. as you can and and perhaps get quite abroad even if there's something you're not sure about to have a go try it and if you don't like it you know that's not what you want to do so you can you can then focus on something else but i would also get all the training you can get because some of the consultancies out there have some fantastic training and and i say that actually to all all uh, all three categories um even it's and i and i it's one of the things i didn't do as much as i because i you get so busy you don't but actually it's really good for you <laughs> and it's even if it's a refresher i, I just think it reminds mm-hmm. you of, of things that you can get it's a bit like driving test isn't it you know you, you can never, i've never passed my driving test at the moment but i'd have to you know be, be getting yeah. back into that into the things that you need to focus on and also i, I think it's um uh, when you when you start out, it, it, you know if you start broad, you can then narrow down so that when you get to the sort of four to five years in, this is about. I think this is really important to think about. How, you know, what's the value you're creating? Um, what do you want to be famous for? What's your expertise? What's your your own brand? Um, and what's your own? What's the value proposition? So, it's 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 honing that that area where you you are. You know, you can be seen as the expert. So whether it's you know, product manager, particular industry guru, particular capability, whatever it might be, then it's really thinking about and, and really sort of you know, honing in on the, uh, really understanding, researching, attending the conferences, speaking to other people who are in your, who are, you know, perhaps on the same sort of forums, etc. 
Mm. But at the same time, it, it's always be prepared to, to adapt. So, you know, what, what you find is there are de- definite emerging themes and trends over time. And it's really making sure you can catch the wave. <laughs> so, um, you know, whether it's, you know, sort of my world had been around sort of distribution platforms, technology, digital customer experience. Um, it, it's always looking ahead. So I always think take a bit, always take a bit of a helicopter view every now and again and just look at, you know, what is going on out there, not just in your world, but out, out, out there. And that comes back to the networking because you pick up so much of, other things that are going on in your, your industry or outside your industry that could apply to your industry, for example. And as I say, keep, keep making the most of training because, I, again, I think one thing that I sort of learned a bit far down the road, but it is, is, is take time to invest in yourself in terms of improving yourself and, and not just improving yourself on the job, but also the, the, taking time out to do some of the training if, if that's on offer or even asking for the training if you think there's a particular gap in your you know skill set or experience or what have you and then the last bit which is around the partner um so so to to my mind you know in terms of I guess is always think about you're not always climbing a ladder you can be climbing a wall when you think you might be climbing a ladder um (laughs) I like that phrase yeah so so I always think have a have a bit of a and again it's sort of that bridge between the four to five years and partner but always think you've got a bit of a rucksack on your back and you're chucking a load of experience and skills and what have you on the way when you I think by the time you get towards partner you're you're getting much more into it's very much focused on business development building a business you 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 end up from being if you like the expert on particular projects to managing a number of projects so you have to sort of leverage yourself up um, and make sure there are people who can if you like, take on some of the role that you've been doing, because it's very easy. And again, I've been there to be a bit of a hamster on the wheel where you're, you you may be part of the selling the project, but then you have to get involved in the delivery. And then you can't, you haven't got the time to go and, you know, sell more projects because you're so focused on the delivery. So it's really trying to create, and, and this is what, again, consultants are, are pretty bad at, but it's creating that or codifying that IP. And the IP could be uh, intellectual property, could be, method your methodology your you know templates that you use could be software whatever it is that really needs to be a time taken to actually make sure that's in place so that new people coming in can 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 really get up the ladder quite quickly in terms of what's going on or you've got more junior people who can who can learn on the job much more quickly and therefore when they come to the next project you know they're they can do a bit more and take take some of the uh, take some of the work off yourself but essentially it's really thinking about how, uh, sort of building building your business and the people aspect obviously are key um, in terms of managing coaching mentoring and I, I think the other thing as well in terms of you know people chase title and you know we've all we've all been there I've been there and and actually you know sometimes it's it's good to think about well, what what is it what what is it that matters to you is it what what, what is it about the role because you've been doing it a long time so do some people actually genuinely prefer to you know do the delivery in the projects and and being a partner is a very different kettle of fish because you've got lots of projects, you've got a, a business with lots of, you know, with lots of people running the commercials, the negotiations, the contracting, etc. So it becomes quite a different kettle of fish to getting stuck into a project working with with a particular client. So I think there's a, an element of as you're as you're approaching that 
that time you know what do you want to do and you know it's the partner isn't necessarily always the right thing for you mm. as an individual so and that's quite a hard thing because you know we we're all <laughs> we all aspire and what have you and as i say that's not necessarily the right thing and i think these days actually you know it's it being a you know founding companies or owning companies or setting companies up it's a much easier to do than it probably was 20 mm. odd years ago so again looking at what you want to do sometimes people don't want to be in that corporate world and look at okay well and uh, you know what what what's the framework that I want to be able to run my own business and who do I need to you know work with to that will help me develop a business going forward yeah really good advice and actually I'm going to be a bit cheeky because I what you've just said has prompted me on that piece around people going out on their own I I think especially given your situation if I think there's a fourth person to add to this question which is people who have who have heard this conversation and think actually I'd I'd love to go out and be more of a non-exec, take a portfolio approach. I'd be interested if for those maybe who choose not to go down the partner route or jump out afterwards, or what what that one bit of advice would be for them. So again, what I would say is uh, do, do a lot of talking to people, um, reach <laughs> out to your network, their network, really understand so you you get a really good understanding of of their stories but, but and their journeys but recognizing that that may not be your journey really looking into what if you like what's what's needed you know where things have gone well not so well i mean if you take like carillion for example you know you have to think mm-hmm. of twice you know you might think twice about you know because because actually one of the big big issues particularly so you've got financial services with smr senior manager regime yeah. and the liability aspect you know down to the individual the, the the personal reputation which can be in tatters because you happen to be on a board where something went wrong which may not have been your fault but you it's on your watch and uh, and and but you know i think for me well from my perspective i think it's really looking at you know what can you contribute understanding that particular organization their understand you know their the industry that they're in their issues what is it that you can bring or you can contribute to to you think you can contribute to that board and really and and also doing your due diligence before you you know before you um, jump in as it were well the first the youngest group I'd be probably saying to them why haven't they applied to us <laughs> 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 I think that I think probably for the middle group, you know, there is an ever greater need to demonstrate that you're generating work effectively, you know, mm. contribute positively contributing by bringing in business and things of that nature. And I think the earlier that you do that within a, a consultancy business, the more you're likely to get noticed because yeah. mm. you know that money talks in that That's respect. Right. And you know, it's really great to be that technical expert, and you will get so far. But actually, if you can't effectively generate income for the organization that can be quite limiting to your career so i think for those people in that middle middle particular area that would be the the other thing i talked about and also not to really ever consider yourself to be too much of a technical expert because that does tend to limit the ability Mm. for you to be mobile within your career i think it's important to have a you know very deep knowledge in the in, in whatever it is you're focused in but also to be able to make sure you find the time and the space to be able to not get stuck in that mm. <laughs> in that uh, in that area is, is is really important basically because otherwise you get stuck yeah and i think with one approaching partner it's actually be brave because i think when people start approaching partner they have they've quite a burden of risk really because mm. they you know they've 
being an age of coming to partner, they've probably got families to look after and things like that. But if they want to get to partner and get noticed, they have to be brave with their strategy and they have to know the market that surrounds them and understand you know, how that market's changing and not just try to kind of camouflage themselves in the norm in the hope that they won't make any mistakes because yeah. that doesn't make the best partner. Yeah. And then just flipping back on the, apart from the, in the people beginning their career of why haven't they applied to us, the other thing that I would actually say is be knowledgeable about the area they're going in. You know, I, we speak to Kubrick, we have the privilege of speaking to a lot of people in that position. And unfortunately, the ones we don't take on are the ones that, and there is a lot of them that do not know what's going on in the market. And actually, they should be, they should be well-read in the market they want to go into. They should be absorbing themselves in meetups and news and what's going yeah. on and who are the biggest changes and, and the why and how's it, how's it affecting the industry or even... You know, with, when it comes to data, mm. which is something we ask at Kubrick, how is it affecting your lives day to day? And I think that's really important. Yeah. And don't spend too long on social media with all the buzzwords. No, that's right. I'm playing blockchain bingo. No, that's right. right. Yeah, really, no, really know the market because we'll see through it. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are a huge amount of crypto blockchain yeah. experts yeah. now. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of very artificially intelligent people out there. <laughs> yeah. I guess for the one breaking in, um, work hard and actually persevere, earn your stripes and don't just assume that everything's going to be sort of handed to you. I think that that sort of business development side, especially within consultancy, my understanding of it is you've really got to go out and fight for it and prove that you can BD so you can make the step up and move up to senior manager and, and director. If someone's sort of four to five years in um, as an interim, as an example, my advice would be try to take the opportunities and the projects that are really going to help you do the next step change if you want to actually progress at the same time as your permanent peer group are. So challenge yourself, step outside of your comfort zone. Don't always focus on the actual monetary value, the day rate. Sometimes taking a slight hit might give you the exposure and the opportunity to take a, a bigger and a better role in the long term. Someone who's reaching partnership point, we see this quite often where people come to us, they're at that level and they want to exit the consultancy world and they want to have their own portfolio of clients almost uh, effectively non-exec type position, have three to four clients where it's not five days a week, but it's going out and doing um, advisory work. And main bit of advice I would say is contact us. <laughs> we're, we're keen to speak to you. It's, it's something that we're seeing a lot and it's quite common practice. Clients absolutely love it. And if you've got the right delivery partner, i.e. a Delta who can actually go out and be your extension, your business development arm, let's work together on it because there's a lot of value in, in moving into that portfolio realm right now well just starting your career i think i've i've probably given that piece of advice which is be curious accept every assignment that you come along that there's something you're going to learn from it and in day one you're not going to be consulting to the ceo of uh, bp you know you're, you're going to be doing research you're going to be creating a storyboard for some slides you're going to be doing some spreadsheets for a business case so you're going to be doing you know some of the the grunt work but in there you're going to learn lots you're going to learn a lot about the importance of information and data and research and telling a story and and you're going to learn something from it so at the beginning of your career uh, i will say to everyone at least when you enter into the consulting world you need to give it two to three years just to absorb as much as you can don't worry about where your career is going and what, what where, where it's heading just absorb so that would be the for the first person the second one you know by year four and five in the career you you've probably had enough breadth of experience to know where you want to go deep. So what are you going to become famous for? 
need to have an answer to that question. And you need to now be a little bit more intentional uh, about the work that you do and the projects that you take and the ones you sidestep and uh, go after something else. Um, and you need to take responsibility for developing your tea. You've had some breadth. Now you need to get some depth. What's it going to be in? What are you passionate about? What are you interested in? What motivates you? Uh, and be more intentional about the development of your career and the client work that you do. Uh, also, the one other thing I'd say to both of those individuals at the beginning and uh, at that four or five year point is it's all about people. It's all about relationships, both in the firm and in the client place. It's never too young to start being a good, not networker in that cheesy, sleazy sense of the word, but in that, you know, build relationships, make friendships, stay in touch with people when you finish the project, take them for a coffee three months after you left. Invite them for lunch a year later. Say, I haven't seen you all year. How's it going at X? Uh, and so build up your relationships to the extent where you've made friends with people and keep track of and in touch with those people throughout the rest of your career. And to the person who's just made partner or approaching partner, um, you've got to be able to add more value than you get. So the, the, the secret to it, any of us in this service industry is to provide more value than we receive and then you remain relevant and so you should always be thinking about am I giving more value both to my client and to the firm than I'm getting and if you are then you're going to have a successful career as a as a partner and the final thing I would say to that individual is you got to where you are by being a chess master now it's time to learn how to be a gardener Well, I give sort of broad advice that they can interpret. When I was a junior consultant, my first job in consulting was not at McKinsey, but in South Africa whilst I was waiting for my visa to go to Australia with a firm called Pim Goldby, which is now part of Deloitte's. And a consultant on the then, a sort of grizzled consultant, said, there's only three reasons people hire consultants. And you've got to understand it at the beginning of your career. And I said, so what are those? And he said, well, they either hire it for extra hands, i.e. there's a crunch and we need somebody to help us rapidly. For specific knowledge, we have specific domain expertise about something and that's why they hire us. Or the third reason is to tell us, to tell them what they already know, but they want to come from an outsider. And I'd say wherever you are in your consulting career, you need to be answering those three questions for you at that stage of your career. So in the beginning, when you're just getting started, it's like, okay, how do I, you smart, so you're available as an extra hands, and how do I just be available and have a positive attitude? How do I start building my domain expertise? And the third thing in terms of how do I build, build and maintain and have the courage to be objective? Mm. Then when you're in the middle of, you know, three, four-year consultant, you have to redefine that as well. And probably when you're a senior consultant, the most important one is working out how to be the outsider telling people the tough message, which they know, but in order to move the group dynamics forward or the business forward, it's better if it comes from the outside, even if you run the risk, the risk of borrowing your watch to tell you the time. But, mm. you know, those, and actually when I look back at most of the work that, I was involved as a consultant or to the ex extent 
that we use them at Hiscox. They all fall into those three buckets. You know, extra hands because we have a crunch and we need some smart people rapidly for a specific task. Specific knowledge or to tell us what I know to be true, but in order to stimulate executive debate, the beginning of the conversation is better. It's being initiated by a third party and then what do you respond to that idea versus what do you think of my idea as CEO mm. or their idea if they've been the initiator. So that would be my advice. And he, he gave me one other piece of advice, which is also worth calling in mind. It's just trying to get hold of a CEO of a prospective client. So he phoned up and spoke to the secretary. And he said, well, sorry, you know, X, Y, Z's on the telephone. He'll be another sort of 10 or 15 minutes. And he said, that's okay. I'll hold. And literally, we held for 20 minutes. Whilst the secretary, every five minutes, are you sure you have to hold? No, no, I'm happy to hold. And eventually the CEO, you know, whether it was an excuse or real, it didn't matter. Mm. He had no choice but to take the call. And I said to him, so why did you do that? He said, what do you have to remember when you're selling to CEOs? They're busy people. Mm. At least when I, he's on the phone, I know he's in the office. I know he can find time to take my call. If I say I'll call back tomorrow, he could be, on an away day, he could be in a plane overseas, he mm -hmm. could be doing something else. Getting to speak to these people is the big challenge. And so that was the other thing that he gave me. And I think, and I use both of those things today, which is when do, if I need to speak to somebody, how do I get hold of them? When's mm -hmm. the best time? How do I make friends with their secretary? And when it comes back from a consulting services thing, those three reasons are when somebody says we need a, Consultant Bronick, I, in my own head, say, so why are we mm. hiring these people? I think you might have just got yourself a number more calls from consultants <laughs> no. who are willing to hold. Um, <laughs> and the one, it was something that I certainly took as, a, as advice right back at the start and obviously had such a, an important impact on, on what ultimately became your career and, and his coxes. When should people start or how do people start cultivating that ability to, I mean, I've heard it called talk truth to power, but how do, how, when and how do people develop that ability and when should they exercise that ability to, to tell clients you're wrong? When I was a junior consultant, I hated it when clients disagreed with us because I thought to me, well, it's so obvious. We've done the analysis and the answer is 42 or whatever and mm. you should be doing that. Then actually after I had experience, I realized that it's way better when you get involved in a disagreement or a dialogue with, with, with customers or with clients because that means they've engaged. Mm. And if they've engaged their brains, they will be thinking about it. And by working together, you come up with a better answer. And so to me, you've got to, you either have the self-confidence or the belief in your analysis or your work, quality of work to be engaged and talk to to clients because the con side of that is the worst clients are the ones who say yeah thank you very much and you haven't engaged them intellectually they haven't bothered solving the problem and those are the reports that end up on the shelf on the shelf never followed through and as a consultant you may get paid well for reports that end up on on the shelf but there's no satisfaction in that you mm -hmm. won't think people to do something and having that it comes i think based on the grounding the and in in how confident you are in the work that you've done. And if you've done that well and you've got a good foundation, 
you should then, even if you're slightly nervous of them and they are more powerful and older than you, you should then have, based on the facts that I've seen, this is what we would recommend you should do. And I think the foundation of good consulting work should give you the ability to talk truth to power. But if you're a nervous disposition, you'll never get there Mm. and you'll never be a great consultant. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Climb in Consulting podcast. If you did, I would be very grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast platform of choice, whichever one you may be using. And please also share this with anyone that you think could benefit from hearing today's interview. If you want to get in touch or give me any feedback about the podcast, please feel free to drop me an email. It's nick at climbinconsulting.com and I look forward to hearing from you.